Sisters, four women who love Jesus and who have committed to spending time together studying the Bible and growing in friendship with each other. We love being together and we hope that you will enjoy your time with us. Well, welcome back. We are in um, Hebrews 11 and we're talking about the, the Hall of Faith. And today we're talking about Joseph. We talked about Joseph last time. And we thought we were going to um, talk about Joseph for two episodes, but we're actually going to talk about Joseph for three episodes because there is just so much that goes into, into this. Um, the verse in Hebrews that we're referencing is Hebrews 22, or, uh, excuse me, Hebrews 11.22. Um, but we're walking far, far back in Joseph's life and um, giving some context and some um, importance so that we understand what we're, what, what the faithfulness is um, throughout Joseph's life and why that ties up in chapter 11, verse 22. So Terry, do you want to give us just a quick refresher on that? And then we'll jump in back into Joseph's story in Genesis. Sure. By faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions about his bones. Okay, so that's the end of Joseph's life, but we're now in the middle of Joseph's life is what we're going to look at. Um, And we're going to Genesis chapter 40, and we're going to talk through um, Genesis 40 through 45, um, and we are going to be very linear in how we present this information. And we're just going to touch on some of the big aspects here. So really dig in. Um, it's great. It's great reading. There is a lot that goes into it. Um, and if you want to get your brain spinning, this is fantastic. Um, mm. But we are going to kind of look at a timeline and that's how we're going to present it to you today. So you'll see us just kind of chopping through as we go. Um, because there is a lot of back and forth and we want to make it as clear as thin mud as possible. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. So so last time we talked um, and we ended up with Joseph being in prison in Potiphar's house. And Potiphar was the um, chief guard and the the head of all the guards for Pharaoh in Egypt. He'd been sold into slavery. His brothers were done with him, sold into slavery. He ends up in Potiphar's house. Potiphar's wife made a pass at him. He says, no, I can't do this. And so Potiphar um, is angry, turns out with his wife, but has to do something. Um, So he puts him in prison instead of killing him. And now Joseph is in prison in Potiphar's home. So, so verse 30 in chapter 39, verse 23, it says that the warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care while he was in prison because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. So once again, even though Joseph's in prison, there is a favored role for him mm-hmm. and right. the Lord was with him. Yeah. Right. And so he rises in the ranks even among the prisoners right. <laughs> and is yeah. given more and more responsibility um, again, still in Potiphar's home, but now in the depths 
the depths of Potiphar's home, I guess you could say, because that's where the political prisoners were kept, were in the, um, the jails in Potiphar's house. And he would have been, instead of just with the commoners, um, he was in this political prison. Mm-hmm. So he raises um, in stature among the prisoners. He's given more and more responsibility. And then um, in, we jump into chapter 40 and it says here, sometime later, so after he's been in prison, um, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt offended their master, the king of Egypt. Pharaoh was angry with his two officials, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker, and put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard in the same prison where Joseph was confined. The captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph and he attended them. So that's kind of where we jump in and um, dreams come back to play mm-hmm. here. We see some recurring literary themes as we read through this with the coat um, over and over again, the coat of many colors, the coat that sends him to prison. Um, and then the dreams that started the whole issue with his brothers um, to start with and now he's having dreams again um, and then we'll see it even as we go further along so so this these aren't dreams that he had the cupbearer and the baker are the ones that had the dreams yes yeah and, they and he's are, able to interpret them mm-hmm. right and they're sad and he says why are you guys sad what's going on and they're like we both had dreams and they bothered us but we don't know what it means and he says well don't interpretations belong to god tell me your dreams. So they tell him his dreams and he interprets them for them. So not only is he a dreamer, he's a dream interpreter, mm-hmm. which is getting so, him closer to the, uh, to the goal. Yeah. Right? So, so in the first dream, it's the cupbearer, And he goes, I saw a vine in front of me on the vine were three branches. As soon as it budded, it blossomed and the clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand. I took the grapes, squeezed them in the Pharaoh's cup and put them in his hand. That was the good dream. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, that's the one you want to have. And so the way Joseph interprets it is basically um, in three days, which by the way, was Pharaoh's celebration of his birthday, I think. So three days made sense. Um, you will put the cup in Pharaoh's hand the way you used to when you were in a position, um, um, just as you used to do when you were the cupbearer. But when all goes well, remember me. Show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of prison. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? right. Yes. Um, right. For I was forcibly carried off, you know, from the land of the Hebrews. So the thing that's interesting about that, his, hmm. Okay, I'm sorry. I got to think that through. So that's the cupbearer's dream. The right. baker's dream. Not um, so good. Not so good. Um, he says, he interprets the dream and he's like, listen, dude, um, Pharaoh is going to lift off your head and impale your body on a pole and the birds will eat away your flesh. And that comes true too. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, Joseph is not always full of light and happiness here. Um but we know that the baker doesn't matter anymore because he's out of the picture. <laughs> but then, you know, he says to the cupbearer, remember me. And um, chapter 40, verse 23 says the chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. Mm-hmm. And so he's still there in prison. Right so now, two but, years goes by. 
right? Not just a week or a month or a few months. It's two years. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that really jolts the cupbearer is that now Pharaoh has a dream. Yep. And he's like, oh, I remember. Right. I remember. I had a dream when I was in prison and this guy, he was able to interpret for me. Right. And what was interesting is all the people that Pharaoh tended to have do it, the magicians, the mm-hmm. um, wise men of Egypt, nobody could interpret it. No one could interpret. Yeah. Yeah. So 41, um, chapter, chapter 41, verse 13, um, Pharaoh's had a dream. He's been bothered by it. He's talking to the cupbearer and the cupbearer is like, oh yeah, I'm reminded of my shortcomings here. And then he tells him all about Joseph. And then in 13, it says, things turned out exactly as he interpreted them to us. I was restored to my position and the other man was impaled. And then it says, so Joseph or Pharaoh sent for Joseph and he was quickly brought from the dungeon. When he had shaved and changed his clothes, he came before Pharaoh. He says, I had a dream and no one can interpret it, but I have heard it said of you that you, when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. And Joseph replies, I cannot do it, but God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. So again, the faithfulness of Joseph is shown here. Pharaoh says, listen, I heard you can do these great things. He's like, not me, but God can. Mm -hmm. So so how can I be of service to the two of you? Mm -hmm. Is kind of how he says that. And so Joseph is doing this out of faith. Um, he's knowing that God is the one who's interpreting the dreams. He's giving the glory to God. Yeah. He's saying, this is where it really is. This isn't my glory. This isn't who I am. But I follow this God who's able to do this and who's talking to you. And so I think that's pretty wonderful and remarkable about Joseph. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty yeah. good. Absolutely. So, so Pharaoh tells Joseph his dream. So there's the seven cows, fat mm-hmm. cows. Mm-hmm. And then seven um, lean, lean, ugly, very ugly cows, yeah. right? And then there's also seven heads of grain, full, good, and growing, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's the thin heads of grain that get swallowed up, um, scorched by the wind. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and the, so, and the ugly cows ate the good fat cows. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So these are two separate dreams that he has. He has the cow dream and he has the the grain dream. Mm -hmm. And Joseph says to Pharaoh, the dreams of Pharaoh are one and the same. God has revealed what it is he is about to say. The seven good cows are seven years and the seven good heads of grain are seven years. It is one and the same dream. So he's like, listen, you had this twice, but you didn't get it the first time. So God gave it to you a second time. So don't confuse this. This is the same thing that he's telling you. And he says, the seven lean, ugly cows um, that came up afterward are seven years, and so are the seven worthless heads of grain scorched by the east wind. They are seven years of famine. So he says then, you know, God's telling you, you're going to have seven good years, and you're going to have an immediate following of seven bad years of famine. So you better pay attention. And look for a wise guy. Look for someone who knows his stuff, and here's what he should do. Set up storage, save up all the stuff you can for seven, the seven good years, mm-hmm. um, and you know, gather all the abundance that you can so that during the lean years, during the famine, uh, everyone will have to come to Pharaoh to buy their grain. And, and, and Pharaoh's like, okay, well, you know what to do. 
You do it. Yeah. You're the guy. You're in charge of everything except for being on the throne. You're in charge of everything in Egypt. Yeah. And Pharaoh credits this to God. Yeah. He does. Um, chapter, verse 38 says, so Pharaoh asked, can we find anyone like this man, one whom is in the spirit of God? So even Pharaoh's like, this dude's yeah. legit. And yeah. he is leaning on God. And these are from, these words are from God, which mm-hmm. I think, I mean, wow. Pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah. Because Pharaoh thought he was a God too. Good right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And then he says, since God has made all this known to you, there's no one so discerning and wise as you. You will be in charge. Right. So So pretty cool. Yeah. He really has favor from God. So we see the same Joseph who was the tattletale wearing the fancy coat, Mm -hmm. was put into the pit, was sold into slavery, was in Potiphar's house, and then was put back into prison or was put into prison in Potiphar's house and then rose among the ranks. And he has been there, was there for a long time. I mean, we know it's two years at more than two years because the cupbearer forgot about him for two years. Mm-hmm. And now he is the one who is in charge. He is a foreigner and he is in charge of all of Egypt. Well, it, he starts off when he was 17 and he goes to find his brothers. So it's shortly after that. And then in um, verse 46, it says he was 30 years old when he entered the service of Pharaoh. So, you know, 13 years, 13 years he's been there. Yeah, that's quite a right name. That's not very long to rise to that kind of power. No, 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 it really isn't. No. So so now Joseph is in charge of Egypt, right? Mm and yeah, just just one point back with that. Yeah. In the beginning, Joseph was depending on himself. He was his confidence was in his, himself, and I think what's happened with him is he's he's through this whole process, he's gained confidence in God and who God is, and so not only the things that were given to him when he was a child, in terms of the faith and learning about God and planting all those seeds. It's that he's learned how to water those seeds. He's learned what's actually going on with those, how they actually grow. And they're actually growing in him. His faith is growing strong. For him to stand in front of Pharaoh and say, God's the one who interprets these dreams, not me. It would have been so easy to say, oh, yeah, I got it. You know, Mm -hmm. but Joseph is being faithful in how he's turning things over to God and continually doing it. And I'm assuming he probably did that through the seven years of feast and seven years of famine this turning it over. I think yeah. one of the things that he has faith in is the original dreams that he had Yes, that God showed him what would happen. And I think just like Abraham held on to God's promises and so did yeah. Jacob, I think Joseph is hanging on to the promises of those dreams as well. Mm-hmm. Having faith that God will get him to, to that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Well, we know, so Joseph is in charge. We know he's um, wise in God. We know that God has given him these many gifts. Um, And so once he's in charge, he rides around Egypt. He's checking things out. He's making sure that people are doing what they're supposed to be doing. And they're gathering all this extra. Um, So I think it was five years. um, Was it five years that they used what they needed to, and then the extra two years were stored in abundance. 
Did I, I don't know. Maybe I read that wrong somewhere. That. Um, but anyway, they, um, they store up all this extra grain and they store up um, all of this abundance so that when the seven year, when the seven lean years come, they will be set. Mm-hmm. And then the famine comes and um, seven years of famine begin and it was in all the other lands, but in the whole land of Egypt, there was food. And that's because of, of the planning of Joseph mm-hmm. and Pharaoh's ability to let him lead that, um, which is just incredible. So everywhere else, there's no food. And so everyone has to go to Egypt to buy their food. Everywhere else, including the land of Joseph, Joseph's people. So, then we get to chapter 42. And I like how Jacob says, hey, guys, what are you doing standing around looking at each other? You're not going to get anywhere just standing around looking at each other. Go to Egypt and get some grain. What right. are you looking for? Yep. Brown so, men. And they don't know what to do. <laughs> you got to love that sense of humor. They're like an Edison yeah. crew, you know, just all standing around <laughs> waiting for someone to tell them. Just kidding. I love you, DTE. <laughs> okay. So wait a minute. I used to work in construction. And when you see like four people sitting around and one person working, it's because the four people are tired. They were in the pit. I mean, I can't <laughs> speak for DTE, but I can tell you on a construction crew, man, it's exhausting. And so it's like, yeah, it's this guy's turn. You just kind of rotate in. But yeah, give compassion that way. There you Joseph go. had to really, I mean, think about this too. Joseph had the seven years and it's like, what if the eighth year was abundant too? And it was like, oh, that was the seven. Oh, that's the, you know, like what he had to know that this, these years of famine were coming too and be strong on that and strong yeah. in his faith. Because what if he saved everything up and then it was like, oh, it's a good year too. You know, you're eight. Right. You know, right. Uh, I'm pretty sure he really believed God. Well, meant mm-hmm. seven when he said yeah. seven. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. He seven owned starting it. today. And the word seven. says next. Yeah. Yeah. it right. was firmly decided by God. That's why he got the two dreams. Right. So mm-hmm. God was pretty firm. It was going to be seven years of abundance and then seven years of famine. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So, so now there, now we've, we've made it through the seven years of abundance. We're in the seven years of famine and, um, Jacob's sons are all like, man, we're really hungry. I heard that there's grain in Egypt. And uh, Jacob's like, well, go get some so that we may live and not die. So the brothers all go with the exception of Benjamin. Benjamin stays home with um, Joseph or Jacob, excuse me. Remember that Benjamin is the youngest Mm -hmm. of Rachel's two boys and Joseph um, was the favored one, but Joseph is no longer as, as far as they know, Joseph is gone. And so Jacob's like, all I'm left with is Benjamin. I have no other children. You know, this is, this is it. So. Um, hey, yeah. uh, dad, remember me, your first right, one? Right. Right. Remember <laughs> us, the other dozen. Um, so, so all the other brothers, they go to Egypt to buy food and Joseph sees them. 
um, chapter 42, verse seven says, as soon as Joseph saw his brothers, he recognized them, but he pretended to be a stranger and spoke harshly to them. Where do you come from? He asked, from the land of Canaan, they replied, to buy food. Although Joseph recognized his brothers, they did not recognize him. Then he remembered his dreams about them and said to him, you are spies. You have come to see where our land is unprotected. So he's like, I'm really going to, we're going to work this one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Y'all threw me into a pit. Let's see how this plays out. (laughs) So um, they're there and Joseph knows who they are. And he gives them a hard time because um, they're there to buy food. And he really is kind of putting them through the ringer, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, they, so they do admit that there were 12 of them. Right. As right. they're talking to him. Yep. Right. The youngest one is with our father. Mm-hmm. And the other one is no more. Mm-hmm. Right. So, but right away, Joseph says, I want you to bring that youngest one to me. Mm-hmm. You're going to stay here in prison. Um, and the test is, if the younger one comes, then you're not spies. You're just here to buy grain. And so that'll be fine. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's accused them of being spies, of course, knowing yeah. that they're not. But then he puts them in all of them in prison for three days. Um, it says in chapter 42, verse 17, he put them all in custody for three days. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the third day, that's when Joseph says to them, you know, if you're not spies, then bring that youngest one back. Mm-hmm. So then they're released, but he keeps Simeon. Right. Simeon. So, yeah, leave one, leave one and go get the other one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So they go back. Mm-hmm. They go back to Egypt um, to get Benjamin. And when they get back to Egypt, they're talking to their father. They're emptying their sacks that are full of grain and, and all of these th- provisions. And they find the silver that yeah. they took with them to pay for their provisions. Which they did pay. And, and then Joseph just stuck it back in their sacks. But mm-hmm. I also love the fact that as those brothers are leaving to go back to Canaan, they say to one another, surely we are being punished because of our brother." We saw how distressed he was when he pleaded with us for his life, but we would not listen. That's why this distress has come upon us. So now they're going to have a discussion about what they did to Joseph. And they're kind of thinking, boy, we're paying for what we did. This is a consequence that we're suffering because of our own actions. Yeah, I like the fact that they don't just dismiss what they have done in life. When I love this, they're talking about this in front of Joseph, Mm -hmm. but they're speaking Hebrew. Reuben said, didn't I tell you not to sin against the boy, but you wouldn't listen. Now we must give an accounting for his blood. And they didn't realize that Joseph could understand them because he was using an interpreter. Um, So he's kind of broken by that too. Now he sees that they are remorseful of what they've done. um, And he's pretty overwhelmed with grief right yeah so okay so they're back here here we go hopping now they're back to canaan and they're back to canaan and then they are telling um jacob okay so here's the deal we had to leave simeon there 
And we have to go back because the man said that we have to go back. And because that's all they keep calling him, remember, is the man. The man said, we have to go back and we have to take Benjamin. And Jacob's like, no, Mm -hmm. just no. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No. And they keep saying, we have to go back. We have to go back. We need more food because we, and we know that we need, um, they need more food because in verse two of chapter 23, it says, when they had eaten all the grain they had brought from Egypt, their father said to them, go back and buy us a little more food. And that's when they're like, we can't go back unless we take Benjamin. Yeah. So. All this time, Simeon's in prison. Mm -hmm. right right so joseph set up this really interesting tension i think he takes simeon and he holds him so now they've lost that brother do they want him back yeah they do to get him back he has to bring another brother benjamin so now look at this from jacob's perspective jacob's going okay sent 10 nine came back one stayed there i'm not going to risk benjamin going back that's not going to work right Right. And Benjamin now is, has moved into the more favored position. The favored son position. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All because, who was it? Laban was so tricky. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the sin, the, what is it? The the road of sin is far reaching. Is that what they say? I don't know, but it sounds good. It sounds true. Yeah. But sins can go, but yeah. sin can go for generations. Oh, right. Absolutely. He set them up. This is a generational, and um, I'm not getting into all that stuff. But when when people are divided at one level, they get more divided. You know, the Ishmaelites are the ones who sold Joseph into Egypt. Yeah. Right. That was from Ishmael. Yeah. You know, Isaac and Ishmael. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so finally, Jacob says, "Okay, fine." You can take Benjamin and you can go, um, but do this. Take some extra stuff with you. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so take double the amount of silver so that you can pay him what you should have paid him in the first place and more. Some of the um, best products of the land. Yeah. Pistachios. Pistachios. Yeah. I think pistachios are the fanciest of all the nuts. Yes. Um, yeah. Probably because my grandfather ate pistachios every Every night before dinner, he would have pistachios and a glass of wine before dinner. But I have never been so happy since they started um, shelling the pistachios Pistachios. for you. I I love that. Now I can buy them and don't have to click. You had to work for them before. Your fingers red if you buy the dyed ones. Yeah, (laughs) I do love pistachios. Well, apparently pistachios were fancy nuts back then too um since they are listed right right all right so now they're the brothers have all returned to egypt and they've met with joseph steward they've tried to explain what happened Mm -hmm. um, that they weren't thieves but they found the silver in their sacks when they got home um and and they say we don't know who put that silver in our sacks um and then he says, it's all right. Don't be afraid. Your God, the God of your father, has given you treasure in your sacks. I received your silver. And then he brought Simeon out to them. Um, so they come before Joseph. And he wants to know how their aged father's doing. And they say he's still alive and he's well. And they bowed low to pay honor to Joseph. Um, and then he, Joseph sees Benjamin. 
-hmm. and says, is this your youngest brother, the one you told me about? And he said, God be gracious to you, my son. And he was so deeply moved by the sight of his brother that he had to hurry out and find a private place where he could cry. So sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this think about the tremendous pressure Joseph was on just emotionally. Oh, yeah. This this was a big deal. Pretty overwhelming. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because they still don't know. The brothers still don't know. Mm -hmm. He's still just the man. Right. Right. But they are bowing. They are. They are. I noticed it's like dream time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So now they go. And here's the other thing is they've been like, they've been invited for this luncheon, right? Mm -hmm. So surely I would think that they would be feeling like something is up because there are all (laughs) these other people who are getting their grain and their whatever. And like, they're not having lunch with the head guy. (laughs) And this is like, this is a big deal. You know, there's something going on here. I would think at least Mm -hmm. that I would be a little I don't, weirded out maybe even like why is he taking so much interest in us mm-hmm. so they go and they're having this luncheon and the Hebrews and the Egyptians did not dine together that was not how it went um, so the Hebrews eat in one place the Egyptians which um, the Egyptians eat in another place the Hebrews would be Joseph's brothers and then Joseph doesn't join any of them Joseph eats on his own he eats in his own chambers so that's odd. Joseph has been a Hebrew all along. He was sold as a Hebrew slave. Mm-hmm. So he never really would have been considered Egyptian. Right. Except now he's head of all the Egyptians. Yeah. I wonder if he ate by himself normally. I don't know. That's, that's a, a good, good question. question. He might have. Yeah. Yeah. No I, when I looked at that, I thought, um, I kind of took it to be that he was still so overwhelmed that he probably couldn't sit with his brothers. Um, But I also kind of wondered if he was using it as a way to kind of let them sweat a little bit still. Mm -hmm. Okay. We're here. We've been invited, but now he's not eating. He's not eating. What the heck is going on here? And Mm -hmm. so, well, it just solidified in their minds then that he's an Egyptian because up to this point, it hasn't occurred to them. Mm-hmm. That he's an Israelite. That's a good point, right. Angie. And, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it just more it cements that he's he's an Egyptian in charge of everything in Egypt. So, right? Yeah, that would have been very suspicious if he did eat with them. If he had eaten, That's with good them. point. Yeah. yeah. So, Another thing that probably made them wonder what was going on was when they were um, seated for lunch. They were seated in order from oldest to youngest. Like, how did that happen? How would he know that? And then they all got their portions of lunch served to them. And all the rest of them got equal portions, but Benjamin got five times as much. So Joseph is favoring Benjamin in front of them. Mm -hmm. So, um, And, And what's interesting about that is, is I wonder if that was a test in some way to see if they get jealous of his portions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Possible. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. 
Well, they finish up, they finish up luncheon, time goes by and it's time for them to go home. Right. Mm -hmm. So Joseph gives instructions. It says here to the steward of his house, fill this men's, fill the men's sacks with as much food as they can carry and put each man's silver in the mouth of a sack. So again, he's returning the silver, the money. Yep. And he says, and then put my cup, the silver one, in the mouth of the youngest one's sack, along with the silver for his grain. And so we did. So Joseph has his, his personal fancy cup mm-hmm. put into Benjamin's sack. So it looks like he has stolen it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not just a cup to drink out of. This was a cup that they also sort of saw as a a badge of position because it was a cup that was used for divination. Mm-hmm. So um, it had oh. some... Yeah, some extraordinary meaning attached to it. It wasn't just any cup. I wonder if it was extra spicy. Extra spicy, spicy, maybe. So anyway, they take off, and the steward chases after them and stops them and finds all the stuff, the silver, the cup. Um, And they chase after him because Joseph sent them. Because Joseph sent them, yeah. Yeah. So this is a big setup on Joseph's part once again. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. He's going at these guys. He's getting his revenge. And yeah, they're he's, so sure that none of them did that, that he's like, you know what? If any of your servants have found, if you find it on any of them, let them die. And the rest of us will become your servants. We did not do it. We know that none of us would have done such a thing. So yeah, kill yeah. us, make us your slaves. Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, you'll be sorry. Yeah. Right. So then, um, I mean, it just, I'm telling you, this is a lot of back and forth, right? So they find the silver cup um, and they're like, no, 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 we can't do this. um, Or we didn't do this. And we brought you our youngest brother. um, We, you know, our father didn't want him to come, but we promised on our lives that we would take care of him. And now you think that he stole this and it's going to be on our heads, but there's no way that he actually did that. Um, and we can't go back without him. They're like, we, we just can't go back without him. So, so now instead of wanting to kill off the favored brother, mm-hmm. they want to protect him. They right. want to protect their dad's heart you know, from breaking. Yeah. They want to protect Benjamin. I keep calling him Ben in my notes. They want to protect <laughs> Benjamin yeah. because they don't want to, his, their father hurt anymore. Yeah. Right. It's a lot different than how he started off. Right. Yeah. The end of chapter 45 says, how can I go back to my father if the boy is not with me? No, do not let me see the misery that would come down on my father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then um, we come to, to chapter 45, and it says, then Joseph could no longer control himself before all his attendants, and he cried out, have everyone leave my presence. So there was no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers. And he wept so loudly that Mm -hmm. the Egyptians heard him and Pharaoh's household heard about it. So he finally comes clean, and he's like, this is who I am. Yeah. And it is such a heart-wrenching thing that everyone now knows. Mm -hmm. So I might have, I, I might've said like a little difference. And so like, I've heard of this dream 
where these people bow down to their brother. <laughs> like, I would have drawn it out and caused a little bit of trouble. But I mean, he's been drawing it out. Yeah, he has. Right. He's already gotten his. Yeah. But then there's this verse 45, 5. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. Mm-hmm. So there's the whole big picture now. Joseph has seen that everything that happened was in God's will and according mm-hmm. to his purpose and his plan. And so, I'm sorry, go ahead. So then it was not you who sent me here, but God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To preserve your lives and to preserve you for a remnant on earth. And then he says, I'm going to provide for you. Yeah. There are still five more years of famine, but I'm going to provide for you. Mm -hmm. And in chapter 45, verse 14, it says there that he threw his arms around his brother, Benjamin and wept and Benjamin embraced him, kissing him, weeping, kissed all of his brothers and wept over them. And his brothers talked with him. And then the news reached Pharaoh's palace that Joseph's brothers had come and Pharaoh and all his officials were pleased. And um, he says, tell them all to come here. Tell them to go home, go get their families, go get your father, go get all their animals um, and then come back and they can live here and you'll be, everybody will be okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, Take what do you bet cards. they all checked their sacks before they left Egypt? <laughs> I would. Yeah. Like, did a head count. Like, okay. Like nobody panicked in my. Open it up. Take a look. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? After that, though, verse um, 24, I love this. It says, then he sent the brothers, his brothers away. And as they were leaving, he said to them, don't quarrel on the way. <laughs> yeah. Don't throw anyone into a cistern. Don't yeah. sell anyone into slavery. Yeah. Behave yourselves. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So they go back and they um, they went out of Egypt and they came to their father Jacob in the land of Canaan. And this is the end of 45 here. It says they told him Joseph is still alive. In fact, he's ruler of all of Egypt. Jacob was stunned and he did not believe them. But when they told him everything Joseph had said to them, and when he saw the carts Joseph had sent to carry him back, the spirit of their father Jacob revived. And Israel said, I am convinced my son Joseph is still alive. I will go and see him before I die. And so they just gather it all up and they go to Egypt. Yeah. What do you bet? Do you think Jacob said, how'd that happen? (laughs) <laughs> i'm sure yeah. there was a little discussion about that yeah. is there a yeah. little bit more to the story boys yeah. right yeah like what happened to those wild beasts that yeah ate my son yeah right. how'd that blood get on that robe right mm-hmm. there, there probably was some truth telling at this um, point there should be venture so yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah this is definitely where family therapy round two <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> Right. So they've, they've all, they've made peace with Joseph and Joseph is overjoyed. Joseph has, has told Pharaoh, Pharaoh is so glad because again, God, his faithfulness and God has written, you know, helped him to rise among the ranks to the point where this Hebrew slave is now so respected and honored by Pharaoh that he is like, Oh my goodness. I am so glad for your family. I want you to get them and I want you to get all of their stuff and all of their animals and all of their belongings and bring them here because they belong with you. Yeah. And we're going to give them the best that we've got. 
Right. Mm. Yeah. We're going to honor them just like we honor you. That's incredible. So as we're closing out, just remember our uh, faith point in Hebrews 11 is that um, Joseph talks about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions about his bones. Now, all of the Hebrews are in Egypt. Mm -hmm. And that's then we're going to talk about the next phase of the story next time. Mm -hmm. All right. Ah. So shall we pray and wrap things up? Yeah, that's great. All right. Father, we love you so much. And we're so thankful for your great love for us. Father, we love your word. It's just such a privilege to be able to um, read about the people that have walked with you and known you through the centuries. And so, Father, we just thank you and praise you for all of this um, story of Joseph and his family. Father, such a great example that you can take any situation and turn it for our good and for your glory. So, Father, thank you again for everyone everyone that shared this with us today. Um, I pray your blessings upon them. Give us ears to hear and hearts to understand, Father, all that you have for us and how great is your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Amen.